morning. Welcome to worship. We're glad that you're here with us this day, and we are excited to be honoring our veterans today as well, so we are looking forward to that in a short while. In your bulletins, the tear-off portion is uh, available for those guests. If you'd fill that out and put it in the offering plate as it goes by, on the back is a place for anyone to put prayer uh, request prayer concerns. So we pray on Tuesdays for that. Anything you'd like us to pray for, please continue to put those in. We uh, are blessed to be able to do that. few announcements, several announcements, I guess. Uh, our camping trip deadline is this Wednesday, if you want to go with us next weekend for our retreat. And I want to make m- mention that we will be back Sunday morning for the 11 o'clock service. If, if you uh, are making that a part of your weekend, you can still be here for 11, not a problem. But Wednesday night, or yeah, Wednesday night is our deadline. Weather should be a little warmer too, so for the families going, that should be great. Homeless items, we're collecting hats, gloves, and socks. There's an orange bucket back here. There will be a Christmas tree and one in the FLC. Uh, please consider bringing those in. We're trying to get 100 backpacks filled with hats, gloves, and stocking caps for the winter for our homeless. Uh, we're going to put Bibles and lunches and things in there as well. So we're going to personally minister to our homeless in downtown Richmond with these. So anything you can do to help would be great. So socks, gloves, stocking caps, adult men sizes are best for that. Um, tonight, I wanted to make mention our mission friends are packing the Operation Christmas Child boxes at 5 p.m., and they're having college-style snacks, which was interesting to me because I had to ask, what is a college-style snack? Apparently, it's bagels and cream cheese. Nothing to be alarmed about, bagels and cream cheese. Um, So tonight at 5 o'clock, bring the children out for the uh, Christmas child boxes and the bagels and cream cheese. Our rec meeting is right after our encounter service tonight in the sanctuary. So we're having a worship at 5. At 6 o'clock, anybody who wants to come, we're having an informational meeting on what we're doing to start up our rec ministry here with the FLC in the coming year. Lots of opportunities, lots of uh, interest going to be needed. So at 6 o'clock, it won't be a long meeting. We're going we're gonna to share about some of our opportunities for our rec ministry. Keep that in prayer, and we'd love to see you at 6 p.m. Um... Fellowship Breakfast, Thursday, 7 a.m. at Cold Harbor Restaurant. Please come if you would like to join for that. That's it. Elf Karen, you want to come on up? Merry Christmas. It's Operation Christmas Child time. Our shoebox packing party last week was great fun. However, we had 200 plastic shoeboxes and did not have quite enough stuff to fill them because we want our boxes full. So, you will find right over here in the chairs some starter boxes that have some of the basics that we did have plenty of. And if you would like to take them home and get them filled up to the max, then that would be greatly appreciated and bring them back next week. Um, Also on the table, you will see an abundance of pencils and toothbrushes and a few other things because y'all were so generous with them that if you need those items for your shoeboxes that you're packing at home, please feel free to take what you need for those boxes. 
Now, don't be taking toothbrushes for yourself, but if, if you need some for, for your boxes that you're doing at home, um, that would be marvelous. Next Sunday, November 19th, is your final day to bring all of those shoe boxes that you and your family are packing here. Wrap them, pack them, label them, rubber band them. And your $9 donation for each box should be put in the envelope that is part of this brochure. The brochures that can be found in the Family Life Center and in the foyer right out here. Your envelope is here so that you can put your money in them and put it in the top of one of your boxes. Not on the outside, on the inside. Because when it goes to the warehouse... Every box will be opened, the money will be taken out, and they'll also check to make sure you didn't forget and put something breakable or liquid in there. They will take those out. Now, you can do your money that way, and you don't have to put money in each box. If you're doing five boxes, just multiply it and put it in one box. But, you know, what's really fun is if you donate online, then you print out this label that has a barcode on it. And then I'll get an email telling me where my box went. And that is just great joy to receive that news soon. Right after our covered dish lunch next Sunday, you will hear the sound of bells. And that will mean that we will all come over here and take these boxes to the waiting vehicles that will be right out there and then they'll go on to New Bethesda Baptist Church. Um, I have one vehicle lined up, but if you are available with your large vehicle, 405 shoe boxes, that's what our plan is, that's going to need more than one. Please see me um, or give me a call this week and let me know that you'll be able to help in that way. 405 shoe boxes by next Sunday. Meet needs, offer hope, share Jesus. Thank you for participating in this ministry. Two more announcements that I need to make. One, Women on Mission will meet on Tuesday at 10.30, and I promised Sandra that I would highlight that. So, Sandra, Women on Mission will meet in the John Bryant room at 10.30 uh, on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday night uh, at 6.15, we will have our international mission study, and it's based on Russia uh, this year. And uh, I will be leading that at 6.15 on Wednesday, our international mission study. So those were the two announcements that I wanted to make, and uh, thank you for your indulgence. Now will you stand for our veterans' uh, processional?
Please remain standing as we sing hymn number 641, America the Beautiful. We're going to do the first and the last verse. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this day grateful for our veterans, grateful for their service, for their sacrifice and their time. God, we thank you for our country. We thank you for those who have made this country what it is, and we do want to honor you as we appreciate our veterans this day. God, we lift up this service to you, and we do pray that you would be glorified, that the name of Jesus would be lifted up, and that you uh, would remind us of your goodness. We thank you for being here with us this day, in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to ask you to remain standing as we sing hymn number 371, Come All Christians Be Committed, 371.
In your bulletins is an insert for today's responsive reading titled Stewardship. You would take that out. I will read the light, lightened portion, and uh, Leslie and you all will read the darkened portion together. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. Every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith he, Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be not thus there shall not be room enough to receive it. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth, in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. And again, I ask you to stand as we sing one of my favorite hymns from when I was a little girl. I love this song. It's hymn number 380, Make Me a Blessing. Out in the highways and byways of life, many Tell the sweet story of Christ and his love. 
Father, I pray that all offerings given today are out of the same type love that we receive on a daily basis. We know, Lord, that your blessings are always given to us freely and with your ultimate love. Bless these tithes and offerings, Father. Accept them with our love. Amen.
through the years, I have had the privilege of conducting funeral and memorial services for many World War II veterans. Um, When I was born, World War II veterans were in their late 30s and through their 40s. And so as I came to be a minister uh, through the years, I have uh, had the privilege of conducting many of those services And it has indeed been a privilege for me to do so and to recognize and remember their service. Not only them, but other veterans as well, but particularly in World War II when our way of life was threatened in a way like it had never been threatened before. These men and women went and served. And as a student of history, I can only read of the difficulties they faced, but they were very real, and it was a very difficult time for them, but they went willingly. And so we recognize them today, along with the other veterans who served in Korea and Vietnam and the Gulf Wars, Uh, but uh, the World War II veterans are very near and dear to me uh, because uh, of the role I have played through the years in comforting their families as they have passed on. And so uh, with that in mind, let's have a moment of silence for our veterans, those who have gone on, who are members of our congregation and around the globe, and then I will have prayer. Oh, Lord, we are grateful that as we come to this place, we do so because others have given of themselves so that we can be free to worship. We are grateful for that privilege and for those who risk their very lives to provide it for us. And we pray, Father, that you will bless their families and their the people who have come after them and family members who still remember them in very special ways on days like today. We give thanks for their bravery and for their courage and for their faith. We're thankful, Father, that as we gather in this house of worship today, we do so worshiping the one who has redeemed us. And who has given us reason to praise. Reason, Father, to serve. And so we pray, Father, that you will bless our time together. We also pray, Father, that you will bless our nation. Be with our leaders as they make decisions that affect our future. We give thanks for our democracy and for the opportunity we have to participate. And so we pray for those who give of themselves to serve others. We pray, Father, that we might serve in ways that you have called us to serve. That we might reach out to those who are in need of a Savior. That we might reach out to those who are hungry. And for those who need to be clothed. 
We're thankful, Father, that we can give because you have given to us. For those who are sick, Father, we pray that your blessings would be upon them and that healing would come to their bodies. For those who are recuperating from surgery and for those who are facing surgery, we lift them to you. And pray, Father, that you will work in their lives to bring healing and hope. And for those who have lost loved ones, Father, it's never easy and the grief can be unbearable. And yet we pray that you would bring comfort. Speak to us this morning, Father, out of your word. Speak to us, Father, so that we might be challenged to go and to do. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. In the streets of every village, Every city, soaring tower, empty people live in darkness every minute, every hour. Hear the cry of desperation from a billion broken homes with a need so great. Where do we even start? Let it start with me. Open up my Free my mind from all distractions Use my hands to set the captive free Move my feet to follow after you Lord, change the world and let it start with me You have given us the orders. There's a place for everyone. I don't want to miss my mission and the plan that you've begun. You have promised to go with me to the edges of it all and change everything that keeps me from your call. Let it start with me. Open up my eyes, fill my heart with your compassion, free my mind from all distractions, use my hands to set the captive free, move my feet to follow after you, Lord change the world and let it start with me. Fill my heart with your compassion, 
Free my mind from all distractions. Use my hands. Set the captive free. Move my feet to follow after you. Lord, change the world and let it start with me. Use my hands to set the captive free. Move my feet to follow after you. Lord, change the world and let it start with me. With me. Oh, oh, oh. Let it start with me. Our scripture reading this morning is found in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. as we deal with the subject of stewardship, beginning at verse 13. Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops And my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Being Veterans Day, I thought I would open with a story about a soldier, a young ensign, after nearly a sailor, I should say, after completing his first overseas cruise, was given an opportunity to display his capabilities at getting the ship underway. With a stream of commands, he had the decks buzzing with men, and soon the ship was steaming out the channel en route to the States. His efficiency established a new record for getting a destroyer underway, and he was not surprised when a seaman approached him with a message from the captain. He was a bit surprised, though, to find it a radio message, and even more surprised to read. My personal congratulations upon completing your underway preparation exercise according to the book and with amazing speed. In your haste, however, you have overlooked one of the unwritten rules. Make sure the captain is aboard before getting underway. (laughs) On two recorded occasions, our Lord called a person a fool. 
In the closing illustration of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus called one foolish who did not build the house of life on the solid foundation of the Word of God. The covetous rich man of Luke chapter 12 is a specific example of this kind of fool. He is an example of poor stewardship because he built life on material possessions rather than on being rich as the scripture teaches us in verse 21 toward God. Jesus sounded a warning about covetousness. Keep a sharp eye and avoid every form of covetousness for not even when one has abundance does his life consist of his possessions. And so we want to take a look for a few minutes this morning at this story. For in this story we find sometimes a mirror of our own selves. Whether we want to admit to it or not. First we see the occasion of the warning in verses 13 through 15. The request of the man from the multitude provides the occasion for Jesus' teachings about the proper attitude toward material possessions. Jesus was speaking to the multitudes about the Holy Spirit. One man rudely interrupted by saying, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. The older brother presumably assumed proprietorship of all his father's goods at death and had not given the younger the share allotted to him by the law. A teacher or rabbi, as was customary, could be expected to interpret how the provisions of the law would apply in this specific case. The distinctions between religious and civil matters did not exist in Israel. The law of God was the same as the civil authority. As a Jew, the older brother might be expected to follow the ruling of the person whose authority as a teacher he recognized. Jesus, however, rejects the office that the man seeks to thrust on him. This was not Jesus' business. It was a matter for the courts to decide. Jesus saw the man's covetous motive. The man's desire for material gain was more important than the rights of others and than the spiritual ends of life itself. Covetousness would probably best be rendered greed. The story illustrates how we can give too much value to material possessions, not the sin desiring what belongs to another. Jesus understood and tried to convey through this parable that possessions do not equal life. So Jesus told a story to illustrate this truth. The man in the story, beginning in verse 16, is already rich. Consequently, the abundant harvest simply increased his wealth and confronted him with a dilemma. But he consults neither God nor others. The solution is sought in a conversation with himself, which sets forth his grand isolation from the world and all of the needs around him. He asked the question, what shall I do? This is the question that each human being has to face when he possesses more than he needs to sustain his own life. Conceivably, there were many things that the rich man could have done with this surplus, but his is, his is the solution of the callous egotist. He will fill new barns. 
rather than fill empty stomachs. Picture the man whom Jesus calls a fool. He apparently had many good qualities. His honesty was not questioned. He saved his money. He was a good businessman. He provided employment to many as he built bigger barns. He was no miser in that way. Having received plenty of material things, he was willing to retire from the field. Having no evidence to the contrary, we assume that he was a good provider, temperate and thrifty. And in the eyes of his fellow humans, he was a success. Wouldn't you agree? And yet Jesus called him a fool. Why did Jesus call this man a fool? After all, he fits the picture that we have of success, doesn't he? He did what was necessary to get ahead in life. And now that he was ahead in life, he was ready to retire and live out his life eating and drinking and being merry. But you know what he did. He forgot God. In his soliloquy, he used I six times in some translations and my six times. He was an egotist. He spoke of my fruits and my goods and seemed to have no gratitude to God for fertility of soil, for the right amount of rain, for adequate sunshine, or for strength of mind and body to plan and execute the business operations. He has spoken of my crops, my barns, my grain, and my goods. But now he goes a step further when he says, my soul. Soul is not embodied spirit. It means life and describes animate being. On biblical grounds, it is God's creation and gift. Life belongs to God and is under his dispensation. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. On biblical grounds, it is God's creation and gift. Life belongs to Him. We are on earth as stewards, responsible to God for the life He has given us. The man had reached the place where he is satisfied that his possessions will be sufficient for the years ahead. He has reached the goal toward which he had been working. So he decides to retire one day. And he's dead the next The many years were exactly what he could not provide. Ample goods do not guarantee many years, just as less goods would not have meant fewer years. We cannot buy time. Time keeps moving forward. You all know that I have a dog lover and I have a dog that's almost 16 years old. I've told you that. And she has been my friend all of those 16 years. I got her when she was six weeks old. She was as big or as little as the remote control on the television. That's why she is named baby girl. And I think often about baby girl now as she sits beside me. She sleeps more than anything now because of her age. But I'll reach over because she'll sit beside me or lay beside me and sleep and I'll pat her head. And the whole time I'm patting her, I'm thinking what a joy it is to still have her. Because she has been my friend and I hope I have been her friend and her protector. 
And I think to myself from time to time, you know, and I don't say it to her, even though I do talk to him. Baby girl, I have protected you and cared for you all of your years. But I can't protect you from time. And so it is with this man. He forgot the most important thing in life. We are not guaranteed life as we know it in this life. The second thing he forgot, he forgot other people. He could not plow, sow, or harvest without the help of others. How could he build new barns without the help of others? They were not even considered, were they? He did not consider the needs of others. What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? Were there no poor people to help? Were there no hungry to feed? Was there no Lazarus at his door asking for food? He had no concern for others. His concern was for the amount of goods laid up for himself. He was a spiritual pauper. He thought that the blessings of life consisted in goods. Think of how much in this world he must have missed. He knew nothing of worship. He had no sense of God's fellowship. He was foreign to the joy of sins forgiven. He had never rejoiced in the salvation of his children. He did not know the joy of sharing, helping, and loving. It's obvious from what we read about him, isn't it? He was only concerned for himself. And then what happened? Death came. He went into into eternity unprepared. Who shall those things be which you have provided is the question in verse 20. Often when one dies, the question is asked, how much did he leave? The correct answer always is, he left it all. Because he did. This man was probably unsaved. Because he gave no thought of anyone else. In a similar parable in Luke 16, the rich man went to torment. If he was a saved man, he was a pauper in heaven. He has sent on no heavenly treasure. The late Pat Naif, president of Baylor University and one-time governor of Texas said, the way to send wealth to heaven is to invest in someone going there. There were no souls in heaven that he had helped to win, no missionaries to thank him for their support. Jesus concludes, so is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. His neighbors no doubt called him intelligent. Wouldn't you agree? God called him a fool. A fool is a person whose decisions about the present present do not take into consideration the possibilities of the future. What a poor, futile little life he had lived. He had spent all his years amassing goods. Now another, perhaps just as foolish, will fall heir to, to them. But how can... We avoid this man's folly. Only by the acceptance of life and all that pertains to it as a trust from God. God always continues as owner. One is 
to use life for the purposes the owner desires. Material possessions as a master are covetousness, which is idolatry, the scripture teaches us. God is concerned with the way his servants acquire wealth as well as the way they use it. Good stewardships. Stewardship calls for Christian practices in the getting as well as in the giving. When people travel from one country to another, they must have their currency converted to that country. Material possessions are converted into heavenly treasures by using them for good purposes. Jesus made it clear that by helping others, we are serving him. Look to your right, your left and my right at the boxes. Is that not an act of giving to others of what you have? Pencils and toothbrushes, and don't take them for yourself, you were warned. Pencils and toothbrushes and combs and whatever else we find in those boxes were a small price for you. That can make a tremendous difference in a child's life. Wouldn't you agree? Because Karen is always real thrifty with us. She's not in here. I don't mean to talk about her when she's not present. But I'd say it if she were here. She's always thrifty with us. And she tells us where things are on sale. She tells us go to the Dollar Tree. She tells us where to find these things that we can fill our boxes with. Then the king will say to those on his right, we know the scripture says, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply in Matthew chapter 25, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. This man had a temporary responsibility for houses and lands and failed to face up to it as a human being. The foolish rich man belongs to a large tribe of people. They walk the face of the earth talking arrogantly about my house, my land. In just a few years, somebody else will also be saying my house and my land. And the irony is that they will be talking about the same property. My grandmother's place was in our family for over a hundred years. And when she died, we sold it. And now someone else calls it my house and my land. But the riches of my grandmother are before you today, like it or not. Because she told me about Jesus. And not only did she tell me about Jesus, she lived in a way that I could see Jesus.
That's how we invest. We invest in people. And when God gets a hold of people, He changes their lives, and in turn, they can change others through their testimony. God wants us to be rich in heaven. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, he says. Freely you have received, freely give. He which sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. And he which sows abundantly shall reap also bountifully. You shall be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. How does one become rich toward God? By taking a direction opposite to that of the rich man, by being sensitive to humanity's needs and hurts and ministering to them in the name of Jesus. Fools are not rich toward God. Wise people are rich toward God. In this life, the latter have many added joys. In death, they go to heaven where they enter the kingdom prepared for them. And hear the Lord say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The question for us today is, Are we rich toward God? Or are we concerned with what we can have and what we can get and how we can save it and keep it from doing what God would allow it to do? Whatever we do can make a difference. But we see in this man one who gave no thought whatsoever to helping others. You know, when we give, To support missionaries, we are affecting lives around the world. When we give to the work of the church, we are affecting lives right here in Mechanicsville. And all over Virginia and the United States, when we give, we send people to places like Houston, Texas. And Florida. And Puerto Rico. And it makes a difference. Jesus says, I go to repair a place for you. Are we doing our part in helping others? In giving in a way that God can use what we have to make a difference. It does make a difference. These barns eventually would rot away, wouldn't they? If you went to the place, if this were a true story, all these many years later, there would be no barns and there would be no goods. But if they had been used to help others, It could have made a difference. Even today, as the word was passed from generation to generation.
Are we rich? Or are we rich toward God? Shall we pray? Oh Lord, we are grateful for this story. Because it is a story that shows us that sometimes we have our priorities all wrong. And we look at people in the wrong way. This man who seemingly was successful missed the point of life. Help us, Father, not to do the same. Help us, Father, to be used of you to make a difference. For we know it is by your mercy that we are even here today. Speak to us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This man was selfish. He was selfish in a way that allowed him to not see the needs around him and the blessings of God. We'll never know the blessings of God until we receive Him as Savior. So I invite you to receive Him. We'll never know the blessings of God until we're willing to give. So that others might hear. The invitation is given. Will you stand as we sing? Thank you for making this special service a part of your day today. 
Uh, it's always a joy to be together in the house of the Lord, worshiping together. Remember, next Sunday we have one service at 11 o'clock. We do have Sunday school, but one service at 11 o'clock. Uh, and following that service, we will have our Thanksgiving lunch that we have traditionally here. Remember, we will provide turkey and um, drinks and bread, and you all bring the fixings, and we'll just sit down and eat. Um, I told him in the first service, I didn't tell him in the second, that I'm dieting again, and I've lost between 10 and 13 pounds. Depends on what time of day I weigh. But uh, So I am pushing back a little bit from the plate. Uh, I just wasn't ready to share that with you, but I can tell in my pants this morning that I'm losing a little weight. So I hope to continue to lose some. So if you see me shrinking away, it's not because I'm ill. It's because I'm back on the Weight Watchers train, okay? Uh, just like you know, at Peking, I looked. I was a long-lost person. Though, when I went in the other day, hadn't been in about a month. They went on and on, and then I told them why I hadn't come. It was like breaking up with them. It's me. It's not you. Uh, that kind of thing, uh, because if I could, I'd come every day. Um, but they gave me a whole, as a, I'll be back, but they gave me a whole box full of fortune cookies. So they didn't really hear what I was saying, did they? And so I brought them back here and distributed them among the child care workers. So uh, anyway, but uh, pray for me on that journey again. Uh, it's a hard journey when you do what I do because you put too much good food before me. Uh, I think that covers what I need to cover. Dwight, did I get everything? All right, all right. Let's bow for a benediction. Dear Lord, as we depart on this day, we do so recognizing that your grace redeems us and your mercy has sustained us to this very moment. May we share the love that we have in our hearts that comes to us through our Savior with others. And may we be rich toward you as we seek to share the good news of salvation in every way we can, with a world in need. Bless us, Father, as we depart, ever mindful of your grace, of your mercy, and of your love. In the name of Jesus, amen.